Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez, and in this segment, we are going to be doing a horoscope for the month of February, looking at some of the main transits that we have for this month, some themes we can expect in the world around us, and how we can best use this energy to our ability, to the best of our ability, what we can kind of expect from those around us, and perhaps something that we may feel arise in ourselves as well. So as usual, before we get started, please keep in mind, I use the Vedic sidereal system of astrology, which is different than the Western tropical system. So please keep that in mind as we move through this podcast. I have a lot of resources on my website, innerknowing.yoga, if you are wanting to dive deeper into the sidereal system and just learn a little bit more about the differences between the Western and tropical system. So we are officially in... 2023. I feel like January is always, it feels like the entire month is New Year's to me. And now that we're in February, we're like properly in the year of 2023, it feels like. And things have already been quite intense. And so I hope that you listened to my previous podcast on some of the key themes and transits for 2023. If you listen to that podcast, you'll really be able to enter this year with, um, kind of some anticipation on what we can expect in the world around us. And I am going to be referring to some of those transits in this podcast as well, because we have some major things coming up in February. We're going to see Rahu enter the nakshatra of Ashwini, Neptune enter Pisces. These are some pretty big transits, and we'll be sure to talk a little bit more extensively about, again, all of the major transits this month. And so as we get into February, on February 5th, we are going to see the full moon in the sidereal sign of Cancer. And it's really important to remember that when we have a full moon or even a new moon in Cancer or Capricorn, that this axis has so much to do with safety and security, right? So the sign of Cancer is all about wanting to be safe and wanting to be secure and wanting to create the home right? It's the fourth sign of the Zodiac. So it has this association to the home life, to making things cozy and warm. And then it only makes sense that it's opposing sign of Capricorn. Capricorn is all about working to create that structure. It's the sign of economy and finances. It is a sign that represents being serious and being hardworking. And so it, it kind of makes sense that those two signs work together in polarity. And we find that all of the Uh, signs opposite from each other work together that way. But this full moon in Cancer, it may bring up issues involving security, safety, the homeland. There may be more in the media that is focusing on these things. So again, this is going to be February 5th. On a global level, I do believe that this is going to be a point of focus. I know that here in the United States, debt has been certainly a point of focus. I think that we can anticipate this to be a theme into February and perhaps even in the world around us. Because again, when we have a full moon between the sign of Cancer and Capricorn, it can bring up these issues around security, homeland, finances, economy, things like that. Now, I always like to look at the nakshatra as well. And we have the 12 signs of the zodiac. Within the 12 signs are the 27 lunar mansions or nakshatras. And so in the sign of cancer, 
we have the nakshatras of Purnarvarsu, Pushya, and Ashlesha. This full moon is going to be in the nakshatra of Ashlesha, which in my opinion is actually the most difficult nakshatra in the sign of cancer. But there's also some really amazing qualities to Ashlesha. It's so important to remember with these nakshatras that are a little bit more challenging that there is always a polarity. There is always some harsher, more negative attributes. And then there are going to be these more positive, nourishing attributes. And so Ashlesha specifically, the symbol is a serpent. It's the Nagas. And in the story of the Nagas, the serpent can live in the depths of water and it can also travel by land. And the significance here is that the serpent, it can survive in the mystical, magical, occult reality where the veil is very thin between the material realm and the spiritual realm. And then it can also be grounded and practical of the earth. So you'll find a lot of astrologers with strong Ashlesha energy, you'll find a lot of mystics with strong Ashlesha energy. So it has the potential to be very magical, beneficial, and healing. What I also think about with Ashlesha is its healing quality. Because when we think about medicine, pretty much any medicine can be deadly if we take too much, right? And some poison in the wild, if we find natural poison, it can also act as a medicine. And so it's really all about how we use it and how we administer it. And this is the power of Ashlesha. The other thing I'm thinking about is Kundalini energy, that Kundalini energy that resides at the base of our spine. And the imagery for it is a coiled snake. So for all of us, we have this coiled energy at the base of our spine like a serpent and with the proper meditations with the proper breath techniques we can get that serpent to rise up our spine resulting in a kundalini awakening and if we misuse this energy it can blow our energy circuits out there have been so many accounts of people having really negative reactions to certain practices if it's not being used properly and so again, this kundalini energy, it can, re, it can result in a kundalini awakening and these high levels of awareness, but it can also certainly make us sick, make us psychotic, and have a really negative impact on the mind if we are not using it properly. And so this is the power of that ashlesha energy, is that it can be very healing, very medicinal, it can be very, very powerful, but then it can also be incredibly detrimental and harmful. And I've seen both of these energies play out with people, you know, people in my life. I myself am, am an Ashlesha ascendant, and I know Ashlesha is in the world. <laughs> and it really just depends on how the energy is utilized. Um, but all of that to say, when we have this full moon in Ashlesha, it's a very powerful time for spiritual practice, occultism magic, you know, diving into tarot or astrology, whatever our preferred practices are, but certainly a time to meditate. I do want to say that it can result in us feeling a little bit more anxious, a little bit more paranoid. The sign of Ashlesha is notoriously paranoid. So we might be feeling a little, you know, on edge. 
And so if we feel that energy arise around February 5th, it's definitely a good idea to take some deep breaths, allow ourselves to relax. You know, the energy of the full moon usually spans for about a week. So just really nourishing ourselves and taking care of ourselves during that period of time. The full moon will have this square aspect of Uranus. So we, it's possible that we'll experience some sudden shift in our life. It could also be some sort of sudden event or sudden feelings. We might have sharp changes of feelings throughout the week or, you know, maybe we get triggered or a deep feeling arises. And I'm sure all of us can relate with that where we're just kind of living our life and things are fine. And then suddenly we get a memory or we get a text message, text message, or we see an image and it kind of drastically changes our feelings suddenly. So we should all be a little bit mindful of those sudden shifts and just being really mindful out in the world too, and of fender benders and accidents, just kind of just really taking care and being a little extra cautious. So in the world around us, I do anticipate there being some sudden events around this period of time. Pluto also is going to have an influence here. So there could be some issues around control. There could be some matters involving secrets coming out, you know, maybe illusions being uncovered. I think a lot is coming out in the media now there's a lot being uncovered, at least here in the United States. I think that that is going to be something that continues. But, you know, with this with this harsher energy of Ashlesha, people in general are going to be more prone to being spiteful, vengeful, controlling, difficult. So there may be some of this activity happening. And again, there's kind of this focus on secrets as well. So there could be secrets kind of coming out around this period of time. In our own personal lives, we should be very mindful of those feelings as well. Uh, feelings of spitefulness or vengefulness, just really working to soften some of those feelings if they come up. There could even be something um, with secrets happening as well in our personal lives, of course. But I just see this being a little bit more of a, of a harsh full moon given everything else that is occurring at the same time. So this is what we should be watching for on the full moon. So other transits for February, between February 6th and February 27th, Mercury is going to be in the sign of Capricorn. So Mercury is the planet of communication, technology, social media, anything that we see on a screen, but also anything that comes in the form of a message. So newspapers, printing presses, but also emails, Facebook, Instagram, you know, texts, whatever we're using to communicate. It also, of course, impacts our verbal communication, how open and receptive we are to communication and anything with technology. So appliances, when we are thinking about our cars working and operating well, anything in our kitchen, anything that kind of runs off of a battery could be mercurial in nature. The sign of Capricorn is this very pragmatic, slow-moving, serious sign. It has, as I mentioned earlier, it's related to the government and the economy. And so with Mercury, which is also very numerical and very organized and calculative and strategic, when this planet moves into Capricorn, there is definitely going to be more of a focus on the economy and finances. Pluto is 
also sitting in the sign of Capricorn. So there's going to be this desire for more control over finances, getting money matters in order. So globally, this is certainly going to be a focus for a lot of February. It could be even a point it could be a point of stress as well, but ultimately I think it will pay off because we need that mercurial energy in Capricorn to kind of get things in order and to also see things strategically. So hopefully this month there will be planning and thinking ahead on ways to get certain financial matters under control. And for us in our personal life, this is also a phenomenal time for financial planning, for taking care of anything that we've been needing to be proactive about. It could also be debt. If we have debt and we've been trying to work towards getting out of debt, it could be a time of strategizing on how to make that happen. It could even be a time of making a payment and ridding ourselves of debt if that's something that's attainable for us now. And even if we've just been more frivolous with spending in general, this is a very good time to <laughs> make a spreadsheet, you know, do whatever we need to do to get ourselves in a responsible place. When it comes to communication, this is a wonderful time for being more practical in our communication, being more straightforward and to the point, this isn't the time to dance around things or to postpone things. Mercury and Capricorn really supports us in just being honest, upfront, tactful, and clear in our communication. And there could also be kind of this battle between the head and the heart this month, which we can get into. But again, when it comes to how we communicate, it's a good time to try not to let our emotions get the best of us. And I can speak you know, from experience on this. I feel like I always end up speaking from a place of emotion and it certainly has caused problems, <laughs> especially if you're dealing with mercurial people. If you're dealing with highly mercurial, logical people, it's best just to try to, um, what's the word I'm looking for, translate things into a way that they understand, aka being a little bit more logical and rational. And this comes in handy in the workplace when we're having business encounters, when we're having professional encounters, how to you know, keep ourselves logical and rational and sharing what needs to be shared and being very clear about what our desires ultimately are. It's, it can be a skill for highly emotional, intuitive people to practice being very concise, being very reasonable, logical, and straightforward in their approach to communication. So I'm going to throw that out there. Some of you may already be logical and rational in your approach, but if you're anything like me, it's an excellent practice to have. So it's a good month for that. Also on February 6th, we are going to see Rahu enter Ashwini. So remember that Rahu is on the karmic axis. Rahu and Ketu are both the karmic nodes of the moon, meaning they have a drastic influence in what is coming up karmically in the world around us. It is profound, the predictions that can be made using Rahu and Ketu. They are really incredible, honestly. And so Rahu entering a new nakshatra is significant. Rahu has been in Aries since March of 2022. Mars has been in Barney for a lot of that time period. And of course, y'all have heard me mention this many times. Barney has so much to do with death and rebirth, breakthroughs. It has a lot to do with women, women's related issues, reproduction. Now from February 6th until November, 
2023 this year, Rahu will be in Ashwini. And Rahu brings these karmic matters to the surface. Ashwini is a nakshatra that has so much to do with being initiating, having a spark of passion, having a creative energy. Now, it can also be very impulsive. And it does have an association to firearms and weaponry and and control, you know, impulsivity and control. It does have a little bit more of a violent nature. And honestly, Ashwini can have an immature nature as well. This will become a little bit more prevalent. Ashwini also has a profound connection to natural healing, natural remedies, The Ashwin Kumaras are the deity associated to Ashwini, and they are the physicians of the gods. So during this time period, I think that we'll see so many amazing breakthroughs when it comes to health and wellness, life extension. We'll see a lot of athletic feats, maybe people breaking world records or people doing amazing things that have never been done before. I think that firearms and gun control is going to be a theme. I don't even know if we need astrology to tell us this at this point, but I think that this will be a very big point of focus for the next couple of months. Also a focus on travel. I talked about this extensively in the previous podcast as well. I'm just kind of reviewing. And I think that there can also be a focus on children and fertility, space exploration as well. So Rahu and Ashwini, if you have any planets in Aries, specifically in the nakshatra of Ashwini, this is a very big karmic period for you. So depending on the planet, it's going to really come to life. If you have moon in Ashwini, Venus in Ashwini, Mercury in Ashwini, it really is a time to be paying close attention to the themes that are coming up and the lessons that are coming up. So between February 13th and March 14th, the sun is going to enter Aquarius. So if you were born between February 13th and March 14th, according to the sidereal system of astrology, your sun is in the sign of Aquarius. So happy birthday to all of our Aquarius suns. We absolutely love your intellectual nature, your curious nature, how you're never afraid to play devil's advocate, and you all always have new futuristic and eclectic ways of viewing things. You are so innovative and so just interesting (laughs) and fun. I think that Aquarius is one of the most interesting and fun of the signs because they really do have this way to think outside of the box. And they can also be very idealistic as well, which I can always appreciate. They have an idealism while also remaining practical. So anyway, happy birthday to all of our Aquarius sons. So when we're looking at the world at large here, the sun is going to enter the sign of Aquarius. And we know that Saturn is in the sign of Aquarius as well. And so what this means is that Saturn is actually going to be combust for a lot of the month of February. So for those of you who are not aware, when the sun gets close to other planets, the planet is, it can become combust depending on how close the sun is. And the energy of that planet gets drowned out essentially by the sun and the sun kind of absorbs it for itself. And so as we move into this month, 
first of all, I do think that there is going to be a lot of pressure on world leaders, a continued pressure because the sun represents world leaders and authority figures. And so we can expect to see this in the world. We can also expect to see this in our own lives. So it could be that leaders in our workplace are under pressure. It could be that religious leaders are even under pressure as well. It's something to be watching out for. Now, with Saturn being combust, Saturn is the planet of karma. It's also a planet of hard work and diligence and being responsible. It is very practical in nature, very wise. And so with this combustion, there could be more activity happening where morality is a little questionable. The value systems are a little bit questionable. People in general could be acting with less discipline or responsibility. They may be acting from a place of ego, from a place of pride, without a whole lot of thought for the future. So we may continue to see people act without a lot of wisdom, you know, just kind of making these gestures. And the value systems can also become a little bit questionable, and it could be a point of focus as well. More topics coming to the surface that cause debate over morality. The sun in Aquarius could also bring a focus to more humanitarian efforts as well as issues involving health and wellness. So that could be a positive for the month as well, is that there could be more of this focus around health and healing. And on a personal level, this is a really wonderful time to show up with humility. Um, the sun being so close to Saturn, this could also have an impact on our own self-worth, our own value, on our confidence. And so it's important to note that those feelings can arise. And if we feel them come up, just remember that it's something happening astrologically. It's not going to last forever. It's a wonderful time for positive affirmations. And when it comes to positions of leadership, if we have any opportunity to lead, remembering to do so from a place of deep humility and from a place of love, from a place of grace, so that we don't get caught up in power struggles, we don't get caught up in some of this egoistic behavior that could be occurring this month. It's also a great opportunity to take responsibility in small ways. I think that taking responsibility is going to be a theme, honestly, for the next few months. Taking responsibility should always be a theme. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great way. I've I've spoken about this on the podcast before. Whenever I, I have a practice, whenever I get frustrated about something, I ask myself how I contributed to it happening. So for example, if I get home one day and I'm exhausted and it's the end of the day and there's a pile of dishes in my sink, I could either choose to get frustrated that there are dishes in my sink, or I could take responsibility for the fact that I didn't choose to wash the dishes earlier. And so when I have that ability to take responsibility, it completely alleviates my frustration and anger. A huge practice, God bless her, is with my mother and having conversations with her. I call it taking radical responsibility. I take complete responsibility for how my interactions with her go. I know her well enough. I know her limits. I have my own expectations. And if I start getting frustrated, 
I need to either be more clear with my own boundaries. I need to set a better time limit on the time that we're talking. I need to either take responsibility to give myself space and ask kindly to get off the phone and maybe call back later. I'm responsible for how I feel in those conversations, given what I now know, right? And even if it's like with um, people who are working with me, if I ask someone to do a certain task, and the task come back, comes back and it's not complete. It's like, how could I have given better instruction? How did I fail as an instructor, right, to ask for a certain result? When, for me, when I approach life this way, it's so much more empowering and it completely diffuses any tension or frustration that I may have with other people. It doesn't mean that I never get frustrated with other people. That's definitely not true. It doesn't mean that I... Um, never fall into this place of feeling bummed or disappointed, but I would say a large majority of the time I feel more empowered and I also have improved relationships overall. So I know that a lot of us, a lot of people listening to this podcast are already in this role of radical responsibility, which is amazing, but it's something that I really had to learn. And so maybe hopefully somewhere out there, somebody benefited from that and If not, perhaps it's just a reminder because I know that I need the reminder quite a bit. And with the sun and Saturn and Capricorn, it's such an amazing opportunity to remember that sense of radical responsibility and just how empowering it is to have responsibility. Because when we take responsibility, we actually have the ability to change our lives. We actually have the ability to make an impact and a change. When we have zero responsibility, we're waiting on the world around us to make that difference. So it takes a little bit of effort. It takes a little bit of discipline. It takes a lot of humility and humor to see how often we mess up (laughs) or how often I mess up, I'll say. But ultimately, it's what empowers us to really be the curator and creator of our reality. And that's truly how I feel about it. So I hope that um, I hope that that's a good reminder. From February 15th until March 11th, Venus is going to be in the sign of Pisces. So for a lot of February, Venus is going to be in Aquarius, which we've spoken about on previous podcasts. But now in the middle of the month, we're going to see Venus enter the sign of Pisces. And so Venus is exalted in the sign of Pisces and it's going to be with the planet Jupiter. This is so powerful for new starts, new beginnings, creativity, creative projects. If you've been wanting to put something out in the world or even just enjoying art, enjoying luxury. And of course, this is the planet of love and romance. So this is a highly romantic time. Super sweet that it's happening the day after Valentine's Day. And you know, when Venus is in Aquarius, it has this more practical, pragmatic approach. Now that it's entering Pisces, it's more of this romantic, easy, fun, laid back energy, especially when it comes to love and romance, but also of course our creative endeavors as well. And so what I really love about this placement is that Venus is, again, the planet of love. Pisces is the final sign of the Zodiac. It represents liberation. It's the most, it's really arguably the most spiritual sign of the Zodiac. And when we think about what real love really is, it's when we approach one another with this spiritual love 
of acknowledging the divinity that each of us holds within our heart. It doesn't matter what we've done. It doesn't matter what our habits are. It doesn't matter if we accidentally hurt someone. Ultimately, every single human being on earth has this spark and connection to divinity within themselves. And when we can view one another through that lens of, oh, you're just another soul on your karmic path and it's a blessing to bump into you. It really begins to change how we view one another. And so Venus and Pisces, it has this beautiful ability to give that unlimited, unconditional love in life, rather it be to a partner or to other people. And of course, Venus is going to be with Jupiter as well, and Jupiter carries that wisdom. So even though this is a super fun placement for Venus and Pisces, there's still this underlying sense of wisdom and discipline almost. And so with Venus and Pisces, I do actually see this being Another placement that brings attention and awareness to the economy, Venus does have a lot of association to wealth, as does Jupiter. So I do see this bringing more of a focus uh, to the economy. I do see there being increased diplomacy as well, or calls for diplomacy. While Venus is in Pisces, we could see new amazing art endeavors or new creative ventures. Something else that I do want to point out on a personal level with Venus in Pisces is that remember, Pisces is that final sign. And so it's associated to transcendence, which is naturally spiritual, but it can also be prone to delusion. So when Venus is in Pisces, all of us are a little bit more prone to viewing people through rose-colored glasses or seeing things very idealistically or projecting a certain image or fantasy onto someone else. And I know all of us are prone to doing this, right? But this is a really important time to be extra mindful of when we may be Again, projecting our own idea or fantasy onto someone else and hoping that they'll be a certain way or hoping that they'll fulfill certain things for us. This is an amazing time to really accept people as they are and take the time to learn more about them and offer them that spiritual love of really, truly seeking to understand who they are, not just what they can fulfill for us or be for us. On February 18th, Neptune is going to enter the sign of Pisces. I spoke about this extensively on the previous podcast. This can bring about a focus on natural healing, natural medicine, perhaps even more healing through psychedelics, things like psilocybin. Neptune and Pisces can certainly bring about this desire to alter our state of consciousness. And so I think that more people around the world are going to be drawn to spirituality, but we may also see more people drawn to things like drugs or alcohol and things of that nature because that's you know what Pisces can do. It can either help us liberate and transcend, but it can also make us delusional or send us into a state of disillusionment. So this is something to keep an eye on. And Neptune will be in Pisces for the next several years. 
February 20th, we will have our new moon in Shadabishak. This could bring about some focus on health and healing. And of course, Shadabishak also has this association to alcohol and drugs as well. And so I will, of course, record an entire segment for the new moon in Shadabishak later in the month. On February 27th, Mercury will be in the sign of Aquarius, and we will spend more time focusing on that in March's horoscope. If you want to know how all of these transits will impact your sign personally, you can go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash astrology now podcast, where I post every Monday. And if you'd like to book a reading, you can go to my website, innerknowing.yoga, and my Instagram is astrologynow underscore podcast. I hope you all have an amazing February, and I will see you all next week as we continue to track the astrological movement. Again, my name is Christine Rodriguez. This is Astrology Now. Thank you so much. Bye.